We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. That great. Zach Jackson of The Athletic, uh, fresh off a stint in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Zach, welcome to the show, buddy. Hi, guys. I'm treating my sunburn and, uh, you know, diving into these defensive linemen. So thanks for having me. That's uh, I, What was the weather like down there? Uh, on day one, it was blazing hot and I was dressed for winter. So it did wow. not turn out well. Um, and, and then day two, it was what, about like it normally was. Okay. You know, it's in the 50s and, Got it. and gray. So, um, yeah, back home and, um, you know, ready for the next phase. So February is the only quiet month of the off season, really, but it's an important one. Um, you know, as they try to put the plans together, you always got to have multiple plans. Quiet until in. Miles Garrett dislocates a toe playing uh, American Gladiators. Yeah, you know, obviously that's not ideal, Dustin, but it is eight months before they play. Oh, I know, I know. You know, so I, I think it's certainly notable, and you're like, what, what is happening here? But I, I don't think it will affect anything. I mean, I think, you know, Miles is a part-time participant in the off-season program, and even that is months away. So I would expect uh, that he'll be okay. Zach, who are the hot and sexy names coming out of Mobile this year? <laughs> well, you know, I was watching the receivers and the defensive linemen, Nick. Um I was thinking about this. You know, I've probably been to 15 senior roles. That's a good approximation. And this is only like the third one that the Browns haven't had a first-round pick. And it's one of the few that the Browns haven't been in the quarterback derby, quite frankly. So um, I'm, I'm watching and just, you know, trying to hear what I can hear. So I would tell you that the wide receiver Michigan State from Michigan State, Jaden Reed, he looked like he'd help the Browns yesterday. And then, you know, watching all the defensive linemen, there's an impressive group. Um, who's really going to be there and how the Browns are going to go about it. You know, we know they need two starters, at least on that defensive line, but are they going to be rookies? Probably not. So you're just kind of getting um, the lay of the land for the draft. I mean, even when you watch college football, right, you don't see these guys up close. So, like, I went to see Ohio State-Wisconsin this year. With the kid, I wasn't, you know, studying prospects. I was studying White Claws. So we'll see. Um, you know, the Browns, I, I, I think, are more likely to trade that second-round pick for a veteran player than anything else, but they do have two fours. They do have two fives. And, you know, they they need guys that can help. This is not a, a deep team, and they need guys, um, you know, to help them get to, to that next level. 
Zach, do you anticipate the Browns, like when it comes to free agency, being big-time spenders and making a splash? Um, big-time spenders, no. But, like, being aggressive and, and, and making a splash and, and trying to add multiple contributors, yes. Yes, they need to, Dustin, you know. Um, there's some pretty glaring needs. Now, the cupboard's not bare. This is not a restart, right? But, you know, they they don't have a starting defensive end. They don't have – they had the – you know, however it stands now in the future, we'll see, but they have the worst defensive tackle group in the league. They have three guys – who played the middle linebacker and all three are free agents. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with John Johnson. They owe him guaranteed money, but are they going to pay him to leave or bring him back? I don't know. So yeah, they're going to be players. Um, and you know, the, the ideally it would be like the Amari Cooper type trade where some other team is making a dump and you're using a late round pick to get a guy and then doing your salary cap gymnastics afterwards. But I think, you know, it might have given the importance of like what a starting defensive end is. It might have to be a trade where it's your second or third round pick uh, to go get a guy. But yes, I, I would think right now going into it, they're way more likely to be aggressive slash creative aggressive first and trying to move those picks and get veterans um, than to just say, because let's just be honest, they have to win. They have to make a big leap. And I think they can when you look at the quarterback and the defense, right? But but they need starters and they need contributors on the defensive line to have any chance to make that leap. Zach Jackson on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. So you mentioned the word aggressive. How aggressive do you think the Browns will be with restructuring deals to open up money this offseason? Well, there's not a ton they can do. There there are some that that they can do, Nick, um, and and do that. You know, if they think Miles Garrett's going to be here and and be here for the long term, they've already done the deal. Can they buy themselves some short-term money from doing that? Yes. You know, I I don't know that it would happen with Watson a year after, but again, the Browns have never been in this position, so we'll see. But yeah, there are things they can do to free that up. Um, You know, if they want to move on from John Johnson, they still have to pay him the money but they can do the post-June 1 cut as they did with Hooper last year to create money in the short term. You know, they can move on from Jakeem Grant and create a couple million in the short term. So, yeah, I, I think that's definitely going to come. Um, I, I don't know to what extent and which players exactly, but they will have those opportunities. I think it's more who you're going for and what, like, when, when I say you have to make these multiple plans, I don't think it's often you have to get to plan C and plan D, although sometimes you do. It's more what are you willing to pay to make plan A and plan B happen, right? We don't know if Deron Payne's going to get franchise tagged or not. If he does, he could still get traded. You know, we right. don't really know who is going to hit the market at some of these other spots. I mean, there's two teams that don't even have head coaches, right? Right. So, you know, is the Forrest Buckner going to become available? Um, you know, would the Cardinals trade Marquise Brown? I think all those things are reasonable, but we're still weeks from knowing. And then if they do, of course, the Browns aren't the only suitor. So they will have avenues to open up money. But I think before you dive too deeply into that, you have to say, what are you opening for? You're not just doing it. to do. It. What exactly are you opening it for? And then what's the chain reaction move off of that? Zach, what are the Browns going to do at left tackle? And what do they do with Jedrick Wills? Well, he's certainly going to be here next year, Dustin, and I think they're going to pick it up for for 24. I I really think they are. So um, did he have some moments where he clearly struggled? Yes. But do they feel like, I think, 
from talking to people that, that he's on a pretty good track and can still become a good player. Yes, he's a talented guy. Uh, he was not super consistent last year with the injuries and, and this year. But you know they're invested in this O-line. They went and gave Conklin that extension because they were afraid someone else was going to pay them way more than they wanted to, right? They're locked into Batonio and Teller on deals they did over a year ago, you know, for at least one more year. So the center, Ethan Pochick, is is a big one they're going to have to spend to get him. I mean, I think he played for $1.2 million last year, and he's going to triple or quadruple that um, at least, you know, based on the way he played. But I think Jedrick Wills is going to be the left tackle here for – Wow, and one of the reasons, Dustin, is offensive tackle is one of those spots that you have to find in the first two rounds. Right. And the Browns have two more drafts without a first-rounder, and they have screaming needs on the defensive line and a wide receiver. Zach, looking to uh, what could be a screaming need, it certainly was this last year, Jacoby Brissett expected to to, uh, do well in free agency and find a spot maybe to start or at least be uh, the bridge quarterback. Where does that leave uh, the Browns for their backup quarterback in 2023. Yeah, I, I would expect. I, first of all, Nick, I think they'd love to have Jacoby Brissett back, but reality says that even if Jacoby doesn't get like that day one starters deal, once all this shakes out, the, the Browns probably need that money on other positions. So then, I would expect them to bring in a veteran um, to compete with Kellen Mond for the number two job. They like Kellen Mond. They want Kellen Mond to be on the team and on his rookie contract that they acquired via waivers. They have him for two more years. Now, are they super comfortable right now with Kellen Mond being the number two quarterback? No, but he hasn't had a preseason with them. He hasn't gone through it. So I would expect Brissett signed somewhere in the first week of free agency, probably as someone's bridge quarterback. And then I would expect the Browns to be in kind of that second tier of backups um, as a guy. But, I mean, this offseason will, first and foremost, you know, be about Watson shaking off the rest of that rust. But given the importance of the position, there's going to be a lot on Kellen Mond and, and the Browns trying to see it through as far as taking a no-risk flyer on him and hoping that he can turn in um, to the guy that they can can be their backup at least for two years. Zach, Nick and I were talking before the show about Joe Woods getting the gig down in New Orleans and just kind of having the conversation about, hey, does this speak more that the league thinks it's it's more on – the culture of the players than it is on Joe Woods, the fact that he got a gig this quickly? Yeah, you know, Dustin, I try not to be surprised by much in the NFL, right? But that was a surprise that he got a gig this quickly. It really was. So, um, you know, what that speaks to, I don't know. I think we could go all the way back to early October and we knew how it was going to end here, right? It was just a matter of when and how. But, you know, Joe Woods has been on winning staffs. He's been a part of really, really good defenses in Denver and San Francisco before he came here. You know, he he was a top-of-the-list candidate when the Browns hired him three years ago. So, you know, it's it's kind of your own flavor situation. Um, I'll be interested to know how many of his assistants either end up um, going with him or staying here in Cleveland. I think at least one of them, you know, is going to stay here. But that that's one that I think more that, that – Dennis Allen and Kevin Stefanski would have to answer, but it's certainly interesting because we know it, it didn't go well here, it did, and it became very public in how it was going, and it lingered for months. So for him to be a coordinator this quickly uh, certainly surprised me. No doubt about that. Zach Jackson of The Athletic joins us on the hotline. Zach, just want to ask you kind of about what you just kind of mentioned there. The defensive staff for the Browns, how much say does Jim Schwartz have in that? Well, you know, he answered it by saying that he doesn't have a bunch, but he does. 
Um, and the same goes for personnel, which to me is, is more pressing with this team and, and the, the must-win situation that they're in in 2023, right? But yes, he would have a lot. And, and I think, you know, not to not to really underline that, but I'd say, like, even in the interview, you talk about that, right? Like, okay, we know what your scheme is. We know what your track record is. Who would you bring? Who helps you implement this right away? Who helps you, you know, when you're coaching other areas, get the D-line to where it needs to be? So I don't think that's big, that big of a deal, and I certainly think that Kevin Stefanski would and should have input on that. But um, for the most part, I, I think a defensive coordinator would largely get to pick his own staff. And as long as they're playing nicely, which we know in Berea that hasn't happened too, uh, you know, often enough, I guess, um, then getting the other input is fine. It's just about getting it right. It's getting the guys in here that are hungry. And, you know, this. there's going to be turnover on this Browns roster, but many of these players are going to be back. And many of these players are locked in for more than just right now. So it's on the coaches to get it right with these players, um, more than to say the Browns can just run a bunch of these guys out. You know, five or six free agents clearly aren't coming back. And there's some other guys with a little bit murky, you know, short-term futures here. But, like, the core of this team, most of the defensive starters, you know, and almost the whole offense, plus, like, four or five backups, they're back. And they're going to be here. And the Browns have to win with these guys regardless of who's coaching. Zach Jackson of the Athletic on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So, there, it's been interesting to hear since the season ended that, you know, we've added at least one speed receiver, maybe a couple receivers to the docket. You mentioned uh, the POSIC deal. You've also talked about the needs in the defensive line. So in terms of overall assets, that's draft picks and money, which side of the ball do you think gets more of the assets in, in to upgrade this roster this uh, this offseason, the offense or the defense? I, I think the defense is an easy answer there, Nick, and I've been surprised before. But, you know, given the size of the contract that they gave to Amari Cooper last year and the size of the contract that they gave to David Njoku last year, I just think it has to be that, right? And I think it probably would be anyway when you're looking at starting defensive end, starting defensive tackle, at least one new linebacker, and then we'll see how the rest. But I I think definitely, you know, you're not going to neglect the offense, and you're certainly going through a minor remake of the running back room. And what you hope is whether it's a minor or – significant remake of the receiver room you hope it's it's upgrades right it's guys with pop but when you look at the defense and what you need there the Clowney's almost certainly not coming back that a couple of those veteran linebackers are almost certainly not coming back that you know we don't know about john johnson a guy who was just brought on two years ago to be an anchor of this then yeah then most of the resources are going to go there and then a lot of the spotlight's going to go there you know this is coming up is the last year of grant delta's rookie deal Right, this is Miles' 27-28 season coming up. So this is Jordan Elliott's into uh, his rookie deal. Year three for Newsom and for JOK, who in their rookie year looked like they were going to be cornerstone pieces. Right, so yeah, um, the resources and the pressure, um, you know, for the off-season phase of it, right? Because you need everybody when it starts. But um, the focus of what you guys are talking about, what I'm writing about for for the foreseeable future, certainly leans toward the defense. Zach, is it fair to be concerned about Deshaun Watson based off the six games we saw? It is. It absolutely is. Now, I think, Dustin, when you know his track record and you look at just the reality of how far he was away, it sounds silly to even say the guy just can't play, right? But, but like, right. there was only one breakthrough game, and that was followed up with another stinker. So it's right to be concerned. But I think internally the, there's optimism. 
right? I think they think they can surround him be. with better parts. I think they they feel like they're starting not one, not two, but a bunch of steps ahead of where they started last year when they had the awkwardness of, is he going to be here? Is he not going to be? Right? So I think, Dustin, there's going to be time in terms of, it's going to take time in terms of blending the base offense to the Watson offense. I think still certainly as far as him playing from the pocket and being used to things, it just, he needs to get that back. But, you know, I don't think it's unreasonable at all to think that he has a really good year. Just like I don't think it's unreasonable at all to think that Jim Schwartz and the, the good players that they have that they've committed to, the Miles and the Denzel Warts, can have a big year and the defense can take a lead. So that doesn't mean there aren't other questions because there are a lot of them. But, I mean, I, I think the, the Browns are a pretty good personnel offseason away from giving themselves a chance. And if Watson stays healthy and if Watson has the leap, and I, I think you can believe that at least some leap's going to happen, then can this be a playoff team? Yes, but it has to start with the personnel upgrades because they just man for man um, are not as good as the, as the top teams in their division, let, let alone the rest of the AFC. Read the latest from Zach on The Athletic, including his post. It was tweeted 52 minutes ago. That's how fresh it is uh, regarding the Browns' top free agents, who stays and who goes. Zach, great stuff, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Thanks so much. Obviously... That's our first chance to talk to a uh, Cleveland Browns reporter coming off the the Mobile Senior Bowl. And why that matters is that is the first step of reporters, agents, players, coaches, executives gathering information and starting to to try and come up with different scenarios of what the offseason looks like. Yeah, it's the start of the offseason. It's it's really not even the start of the offseason in a lot of ways. I mean, it's just the start of just conversations and Mm – it's the one week where the coaches and GMs and you know front office folks can sort of like put their hair down a little bit and like they just they just kind of BS with the other people. Mm-hmm. And that's where stuff gets kind of talked about a little bit, and they plant seeds. Admittedly, I don't love the thought of trading a second or third round pick. I think we need need those picks. Yeah, I so I. This all depends on what they can get for for those picks, right? But he kind of highlighted the second and, and third round picks as as ways to to maybe up the veteran talent on this roster. And I think the the common rebuttal to what I just said would be, well, but Andrew Barry doesn't do anything with those anyways. One, I think you're wrong. I think Martin Emerson is proof that he can do something. I think JOK, however you felt about him this last year, I think is proof that he can do things. I think the Browns have a bunch of really solid players and probably not enough under Andrew Barry, but probably not enough great players. That doesn't mean that they should treat those picks like they don't matter because look at both teams in now. All right. Look at the chiefs. They were in the AFC title game last year, but what they did with their picks, and I'm talking all the way Mm. from double first round picks all the way down to the late round picks. Every one of those players contributed to their AFC title win over the Bengals. And inevitably that is who you're going to have to be. You can, it's really easy in the NFL to throw money down the drain and just move the cap needle every We're All right. We're supposed to be 50 million under the, the cap this year. I now we're back to 50 above. All right, and it's also really easy to spend all of your draft picks looking after veteran players and really deprioritizing draft picks. Uh, Seattle did that at the end of the Russ deal, 
And uh, the Rams obviously famously did that. And they won. It's really hard to do both things at the same time and win. So it's not that I look at the second round or third round picks as untradeable, but I would just, I would have a high level of caution. Like Hollywood Brown's a really nice receiver. Do I think he's worth a second round pick right now today? No. He's had a couple of really nice years in Baltimore and he had a meh year in Arizona. I'm not trading a second round pick who, by the way, in a year from now, Josh Downs could be twice the player he is. A year from now, Jaden Reed, the kid from Michigan State. And yep. I, I don't think exactly I don't know if he's a, a lot. Uh, I don't know if he's a second round pick, but like that that could be double the player that Hollywood Brown is. So I I don't want to make it seem like I'm just anti that, but man, you'd really have to hit a home run with a name to get to to for me to feel comfortable trading a second or third round pick for a veteran this year. Unless I mean the only the only scenario I could see them trading draft picks is if they've got a player that they have to have. Yeah, and they have to use it to move up. And to me, and I just don't know if the Browns are going to do that. Do that this year. It would. Ha- and here's here's a catch twenty two. Yeah. To me, the spot where I would have to feel comfortable are edge or interior. Here's the problem. You're probably not getting a really good starting player at either edge or interior for a second round pick. I don't know about that. Those guys usually I think go. So. I for feel like first I, I feel like second rounds where you can really find a starter. Uh, a quality starter, mm-hmm. and then I just feel like once you you hit the third and fourth round, then you, then it's kind of like shooting, you know, flipping a coin. Oh, I meant more trading that for an established veteran. Oh, you're saying trading for it? Okay, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Like I thought I, you meant drafting a player in the second round. No, I, I no, feel no. like drafting a player in the second round, you should get a start, an immediate day one starter. Yeah, and I think third round they're they're back in the third round, so that's a little difficult. They're like pick ninety seven. Yeah, you can still find day one contributors. So I guess my problem is, and I would say problem, but if you guys are missing it, we just played Zach Jackson was on with us and we're talking about, or he was talking about the Browns off season. And he kind of pointed to the likelihood of trading a, a second or third round play or th- second or third round pick for an established NFL veteran, unless you're going to get, and, and I'll, I'm going to put it here because we also asked him about offense versus defense. Where do you expect a lot of the assets to go? Unless you're getting an immediate starter at either defensive tackle, edge, or even like a really high-level safety, Mm -hmm. unless you're getting a starter back in any one of those three spots, I just don't see the trade being worth it. And I, Because, listen, everything Zach said is true about the Browns. If they act really smart, if they really go out there and they're diligent and patient and they've got – uh, they craft the best plan. Browns could easily be back into it next year. Oh, absolutely. They have talent on the roster. A good deal of it that might just be better away from Joe Woods. And it's not about Joe Woods. It's not about him personally. I, I think it's just change. Yeah, and it's about... A new voice. It's about players not buying in. Right. I think players underperformed last year because by and large, they didn't buy into Joe Woods. So, Jim Schwartz seems like a Jim guy. Jim Schwartz needs to go find a couple of dudes that he coached before. Yeah. That understand how he coaches, that are veterans, mm-hmm. and bring them here. And here's the thing. Uh, Tennessee does have some some interesting free agents. I I wouldn't put it outside the bounds of possibility that a couple of those guys follow him here. But I think the bigger point is, like, the Browns just need to be – everything that we said, well, if you're really smart and you do your due diligence – 
and you, you, you make a bunch of aggressive but intelligent moves. You can be back in it. Here's the opposite of that. You can, you can hurt yourself short-term and long-term with the wrong moves. You, you, you throw away a second-round pick right. on an average NFL player, it's going to haunt you. And, you know, listen, I'm, I, I, nobody's thinking of this, all right? And some of you might not even have the frame of reference of this, depending on how old you are. It's what cost Phil Savage the end of his his spot here in Cleveland, chasing guys like Corey Williams, who wasn't a fit here, didn't fit the defense, and Sean Rogers, who was a first-grade pain in the ass for second- and third-round picks after already trading your first-rounder to get up to trade Brady Quinn. When you're in, it, when in, when you're in a make-or-break year and you know you're entering that make-or-break year, you really have to be really smart and selective about what you do with your draft picks, even more so than what you do financially. Because financially, wave of the wands. You don't grow new picks, Dustin, on on there's no draft pick tree. Oh, we already used that first and second on on veteran players or or the Deshaun deal. Ah, let's go pluck a couple more freshly squoes first round picks or second round picks. Doesn't happen. No, it it really doesn't. And that's the unfortunate thing about this is I, I kind of feel like Nick this might be that make-or-break year for Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. I definitely think it's make-or-break for one of them. Right now, I'm inclined to say the pro- it's, it's the Kevin. The whole problem with that is if it's make-or-break for one of them, that means there's something that separates them, mm-hmm. which means if they're not if they're not as one, mm-hmm. we've seen it happen before. No, there is. I would just – my big thing is I don't want it to be make-or-break for both. Because I think I think that's been Haslam's big problem, is either tying guys together or staggering those firings. And every time you fire one of those positions, it's a massive reset. And when you do it two at the same time, it's an even more massive reset. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 